Hi, I'm David Freudberg. This podcast derives from the Humankind Public Radio series, which I began hosting back in 1997. Our program recognizes how hard it can be, but also how necessary, for us to hold on to our humanity. So we've sought out people with stories that illustrate how they approach that quest. To aim high, to treat others as we'd like to be treated, to see others as more similar to us than different, to strive for patience and personal grace even in adversity, to be part of the solution, not the problem. We hope our podcast helps to reinforce and inspire your own quest. Thank you. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Humankind Program Fund and a special grant from the Henry Luce Foundation. Forgiveness is a choice and a decision to really see the situation differently. So in other words, if somebody harms me, see them in a way that allows me to disentangle myself emotionally from that person's confusion. Cultivating the capacity for forgiveness, not to vindicate someone's misconduct, but to become free of it. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Clinging to a grudge can do more harm to us than the people we resent. Emotional retaliation may be tempting, but it's never deeply satisfying, says author Robin Kasarjan, who had to learn how to forgive in her own life and has since widely taught the practice of forgiveness. And besides, she points out, a well-nursed grudge has the unintended effect of locking us in to a bitter experience. Forgiveness really allows us to let go of the past. The need to let go of the past is such a fundamental human need so that we can be present and fully alive in the moment. And, you know, I often think of uh, anger and resentment when we hold on to it. It's like having a handcuffed around our wrist and being handcuffed to the person toward whom we feel that resentment. And there's a way in which we're bound and attached to that person in a, almost like a permanent way, consciously or unconsciously. Whether we're struggling with a personal relationship or with someone we work with, bitterness usually arises after we've been hurt. But wallowing in hostility rarely contributes to a solution and doesn't heal the wound. In fact, it usually aggravates things. And if you look at the derivation of the word resentment, it comes from to feel again. So when we resent, we feel again and again and again the pain and the hurt of the past. So the question is, how can we let go of that so we can go on in being free in our lives? Today, Robin Kasarjan directs the Lionheart Foundation in the Boston area. It provides training in emotional literacy to prisoners, teenage moms, and at-risk youth. Early in her career, Robin worked as a consultant to companies seeking to promote employee wellness. She focused on helping workers reduce the consequences of stress. Robin noticed that many people with aggravated symptoms of stress were also walking around with deep-seated resentments. 
Her research into the problem led to publication in 1992 of Forgiveness, A Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart, one of the first and most popular books to study this topic in depth. Well, there's been an explosion in the investigation of forgiveness since that time. Uh, Whole departments and universities have built up around this exploration of forgiveness. Why do you think there's been this surge of interest in forgiveness kind of all of a sudden? Um, That's a great question. Uh, I, I think that once the the research started to be done, people saw that this was a a dynamic that had profound implications for people's well-being and physical health, even connections between people forgiving and significant increases in immune functioning, again, uh, among HIV, um, people with HIV. Um, the psychoneuroimmunology that's right. of forgiveness right. can and that, change the physiological patterns of the body. Exactly. And that's a field that's exploded, psychoneuroimmunology and the mind-body connection. So it all came along together. One reason Robin Kasorjian emphasized the teaching of forgiveness is she saw that people who were stuck in resentments lacked basic knowledge and skills for how to dig their way out of the dilemma. They didn't see forgiveness as an option for themselves because so many of us, well, when you think about it, people often feel, I'm not going to forgive them after what they've done. The implication of that being, I'm not going to do that person a favor not realizing that forgiveness is a favor that we do for ourselves. We do it to release ourselves from the negative power, in a sense, that somebody has over us. Uh, When we begin to realize that forgiveness is an act of self-interest, it's something that we do for ourselves in order to free ourselves, and it has nothing to do with doing a person a favor. It's The favor is one that we do for ourselves. But in forgiving someone who's wronged us, are we not, in effect, letting them off the hook? Well, you know, David, it's a, that's a great question. And when I teach about it, and I always start with what forgiveness is not rather than what forgiveness is. And I feel like it's very important to clarify that so that people are more open to that possibility of forgiving. And forgiveness is not condoning somebody's hurtful or abusive behavior. It's not excusing it. It's not diminishing the impact of it. It doesn't mean that we repress our anger when we're really feeling angry. It doesn't mean that we act in a particular way. So in other words, I can forgive a friend from whom I've been estranged, and it doesn't mean that I have to call them up and say, let's get together Friday night or do anything in particular. I can forgive a person and litigate if I feel like that's what I need to do. I I forgive you, but I sue you. (laughs) That's right. I forgive you, but I sue you. And in doing that, the I forgive you is I am not going to... um, carry this emotional burden 
because you have shown up in a particular way. I'm going to begin to distance myself from taking your behavior so personally, even though I may be the receptor of it, in a way that allows me to see this. Forgiveness is a choice and a decision to really see the situation differently. So in other words, if somebody harms me, do I see them as... Um, how could they disrespect me that way and how, and taking it in a deeply personal way rather than perhaps seeing it, wow, this is a person who's confused, ignorant, not in a judgmental way necessarily ignorant, but uh, somebody who's really wounded emotionally. That doesn't mean I excuse their behavior. It doesn't mean I don't call them on it. It doesn't mean I don't set clear, non-negotiable boundaries when necessary. But it does mean that I see them in a way that allows me to disentangle myself emotionally from, uh, from that person's confusion. Again, I don't give them the, the power to impact me so negatively. Many people struggle with resentments after a marriage or relationship breaks up. One woman said it was almost as if she needed permission to stop hating, because being mired in rancor and grudge-holding can be remarkably draining. And at one level, forgiveness can be a simple act, a decision to change an attitude and let go. Robin Kasarjian. A lot of times when I've worked with women and talked about forgiveness, they'll say, oh, I for-. so many of them come out of abusive relationships. And they say, oh, I forgave my boyfriend and took him back. And I said, look, forgiving doesn't be- mean being naive and, and not uh, seeing the situation clearly. You can forgive them, but if they aren't about change and they're abusive, get out of the relationship. Again, it's not about what you do. It's where you come from in what you do. So what would it mean in a conflict like that where you actually forgive someone but say, I'm leaving the relationship? Those are not incompatible. They are not incompatible at all. Um, it, it, what it means is that Obviously, in, a, in an abusive relationship, if, you, if you're taking care of yourself, you know that you need to get out of the relationship. Again, if that person isn't willing to take full responsibility for what they've done and really make an effort to change, not just, oh, I take responsibility, I'm so sorry, and meanwhile, they're not committed to really looking at their behavior and changing it in some fundamental way. You know, I love what this reverend author Wayne Muller says, and I think this might uh, clarify, in a way, the question that you asked. He said, what we are forgiving is not the act, the abuse or the insensitivity or wherever it may fall on a scale of hurtful. He said, what we are forgiving is not the act. What we are forgiving is the people, the people who could not manage to honor and cherish themselves, oftentimes their own spouses, their own mate, their own children, or other people, whomever. What we are forgiving is their confusion 
their unskillfulness, their ignorance, and sometimes even their desperation. So in, in a way, there's an expression, forgiving all is understanding all. It's like we understand that it's their separation from the part of them that is loving and wise and and fundamentally good, their separation, that they're being propelled by some kind of, you know, emotional force within themselves. Um, and again, it's when we can step back and see that, we don't have to take it in, 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 a, in what is often really an exaggerated personal way. It isn't about us necessarily. It's just about the way that they show up. And then we have to make choices that serve us in, in terms of honoring um, ourselves so that we don't stay in a relationship that's abusive or we're able to distance ourselves. Say we have a boss who's kind of abusive, but we're not going to leave our work. How can we? How can we try to set boundaries and show up in a way that we don't allow ourselves to be perpetually emotionally ground down by the way that that person happens to show up in life? And that requires being centered enough in ourselves so that the fluctuations from somebody else, the desperation that someone else visits upon us doesn't have to knock us off our center. Right. Or it knocks us off our center, but we're able to get up much more quickly. And life is like a stone mill. It will either grind you down or it will polish you up in which it does is ultimately up to you. And with people that are difficult in our life, they will grind us down or polish us up by our willingness to make a commitment to seeing the person and the situation uh, from a different perspective. exploring the sometimes difficult process of forgiving people who we feel have wronged us and the liberating effects of moving beyond the cycle of feeling hurt and clinging to resentment. My guest Robin Kasarjian is author of Forgiveness, a Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. In recent years, she has taken her message to prisoners, many of whom bear the scars of emotional wounds inflicted at a young age. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. For more information on this segment, The Practice of Forgiveness with Robin Kasarjan, please visit humanmedia.org. When you mentioned a moment ago the desperation of the person who is harmful to others and forgiving them that, not forgiving the harmful act, but the fact that they don't at that moment seem to be capable of anything better. I do find that very often bad actors or people who are antisocial or people who are very inconsiderate uh, do bring a certain desperation to their emotional uh, 
interactions with others that hampers their ability to be kind and and socially responsible. Right. So the the issue for us is, are we going to let somebody that's like that dominate our own emotional response? You know, we may get triggered into whatever, but a day later, a week later, a month later, are we going to be having all these negative emotions because of that, the way that person is showing up. Because we carry it with us long after the actual encounter that had upset us originally. Exactly. Rather than standing back and seeing, wow, this person has limitations. And again, that doesn't mean that I hesitate to set clear non-negotiable boundaries with the person if I need to do that. I'm able to step back to the part of myself which is uh, more centered, clearer, can see that, wow, they're really dominated by fear and anger themselves or some way of showing up that's really limited and ultimately fear-based. And I'm able to, the, the most positive scenario is I can come from that part of myself that can see clearly, and maybe I can address that issue with them and say, hey, you know, when you show up this way, this is the way I feel affected. Um, in, interact with them in a way where I express the truth of my experience, not to the part of them that's being controlling and negative, but making an assumption that there's a, uh, a wise and responsive person in them. And that can be pretty hard if you're dealing with somebody who has just behaved like a real jerk. Absolutely. Now, the happiest scenario is that they can respond to you because you're not talking to the part of them that's a quote-unquote jerk, but you're making an assumption that they, maybe they don't really want to be that way either, but that's a survival mechanism for them to show up in this controlling, manipulative way all the time. Something they learned as a kid. Right, exactly. The, and so the happiest scenario is they can respond to that. And I want to say that even if they respond, if it's a, if it's a habitual pattern for someone to show up in this way, they're certainly going to get triggered back into that. And that forgiveness with people who we have ongoing relationships with is rarely, if ever, a one-time event. So one might feel like, well, I kind of forgave them, and then they got that way, and I'm going to just hold on to my resentment again. That's where they're going to grind you down. But they can polish you up by coming back to your to that what I call the core self, that part of you that is centered and wise, and seeing that there is more to them that meets the eye. There is a a decent person in them, and I'm not going to let their woundedness perpetually uh, leave me in my own anger and resentment towards them. The polishing up process described by Robin Kasarjan includes going deeper into understanding your own reactions to the other person. When the resentment is triggered, it may be easiest to erupt into anger. But underneath that, says Robin, you're very likely feeling something else, maybe scared or sad or insecure or even abandoned. These emotions may not be fully conscious, 
but getting a handle on what's driving our reactions is crucial to transforming them, within the realistic limits, that is, of the relationship that's being tested. If you find the situation intolerable, maybe you can literally leave the situation. Maybe you get a transfer, maybe, you know, maybe there's some kind of change. However, if that doesn't happen, you still have a choice to be ground down or be polished up where you you make that decision. And I think that in order to do this, you when you're with a, a difficult person day in and day out, you really have to do some centering and self-nurturing in order to connect with that part of yourself. Because that, that constant assault can really deplete us otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think the need to to center and to do self-nurturing things is so incredibly important for anyone in any circumstance. I mean, we live in such a fast-paced, outer-directed world that the need to align with that part of ourselves that's calmer and clearer and wiser than living life in a state of reactivity. And it's critically important when we are around difficult people because if we don't do something to center and self and nurture ourselves, then we are almost just bound to get lost out in our anger and our resentment. Whatever it is that nurtures ourselves, being, you know, taking a nice long walk in nature, meditating, reading books that inspire us, doing things that will help us to be able to, again, disentangle ourselves and not get lost in a victim story. And is there a connection between not forgiving someone and feeling like I'm the victim of that person's misconduct? Absolutely, because if you hold on to anger and resentment, who's responsible for your feeling miserable? They are. And if they're responsible, you're the victim. And what you're trying to do is make this shift where you say, I am responsible. And the way I see this person in circumstance is going to either make me the victim in my story or, as Fred Luskin says, make me the, the hero in my story. I know which one I would prefer to be. <laughs> and again, it, it takes, if you're around, perpetually around difficult people, it does take a real commitment. And I would say to people, get books that reinforce this way of seeing and do things to, again, align with that part of yourself that helps you to see clearly so that you are the hero. You're not the victim of somebody because they happen to be emotionally immature or wounded. How important is it to forgive oneself? it's uh, critical if one wants to be 
peaceful and happy. I mean, we can't go around just blaming ourselves. And, and in that same way that I spoke about uh, where Wayne Muller said, you know, what we are forgiving is not the act. We're not saying the act is okay, that what we did is okay. But we realize that, hmm, I was probably acting out of my own fear and sadness or whatever when I did those, in my own ignorance. Again, not using that word in a judgmental way, but we begin to open our hearts to ourselves, to have more compassion. You know, I did the best I could in that moment with the level of fear or wisdom that I was coming from, and to begin to just really... I think forgiveness is that process of of uh, opening opening up our our hearts to ourselves and just saying, okay, you know, what can I learn from this? How can I take responsibility for is there anybody I need to make amends with? Is there a business I need to clean up from the things that I'm holding myself uh, guilty for? Um, and the golden rule of all the work I do is be gentle with yourself. Beating yourself up is not usually a very useful thing to do so that we can not get lost in our low self-esteem, a shame for what we've done. But, and those things will arise. They'll arise, but we can just see them, come back to that part in ourselves again where we can keep our heart open to ourselves and, and go on in life being able to touch the peace and the joy and the power that is core to who we are as human beings. Do you think God forgives people who make mistakes? <laughs> um, I don't know that God needs to forgive anybody. I don't even think God forgives. I don't think that there's a judgment to begin with. That that's how I feel about it. You know, it's it's. You mean unconditional love? Yeah, yeah. Need not even forgive. Absolutely. We we you know if if there's some being or out there that's observing us, it's they they see that if a person is acting in a way that's less than loving, that that's motivated by their own confusion and fear. That's not. Ultimately, that's not something that necessarily needs to be judged. It's just something that is. Do you think there's a connection between the ability to forgive oneself for mistakes that we make and the ability to forgive others for the mistakes they make? Yes, I do. And I think it goes both ways. Uh, sometimes people say, do you have to forgive yourself before you can forgive others? Do you have to forgive others? I, I think of it, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Who knows? But the more you do one, the more compassion and um, the more compassion you'll have for yourself or the other person. And the more one forgives, it's like a prophylactic for forgiving in the future. It's like the more you are able to reframe situations and see them in a way where you see the fundamental dynamic of what's going on and you begin to extricate yourself. I often say the ego loves to take things personally. 
But <laughs> that's the ego's raison d'etre. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the self, it doesn't take things personally. It just sees things for what they are. The higher self. The higher self, right. The higher self, the core self, the spiritual self. I kind of use those words interchange. But that part of us that just is wise and can step back, the part of us that is a witness, that can see, not a witness that's emotionally disentangled, but the part of us that can witness that when we're aligned with that witness, we see things with greater love and compassion and clarity. Aligned with the witness. Aligned with the witness, right. Robin Kasarjian, executive director of the Lionheart Foundation in Boston and author of Houses of Healing and Forgiveness, a Bold Choice for a Peaceful Heart. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Studio recording by Antonio oliart Rose. Editorial assistance from Mark Kilstein, Thomas Royal, and Kathy Graham. Webmaster Brian K. Johnson. Special thanks to Tony Buck. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with Connie Goldman Productions. Program development provided by Shart Media. You can hear more episodes of our series at humankindpodcast.org. That's humankindpodcast.org. This segment, part one of The Practice of Forgiveness with Robin Kasarjian, is Humankind Program number 204. The executive producer is David Freudberg. Please subscribe to our free weekly podcast. The title is Humankind on Public Radio. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, and all major podcast services, as well as through our website. Again, the podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you'd like to support our program, please visit humankindpodcast.org. And at the top, click on How You Can Help. Thank you.